Psycho Steve presents. Hey guys and girls and everything in between, this is your podcasting pal, Psycho Steve, on air today, gone tomorrow. Today, I am doing a little bit different kind of show. I actually have a co-host, a very dear friend of mine, and he's also a musician, but we are actually interviewing rock royalty today. First of all, my co-host with the most is Connor Aiko of the band Deadly Nights and the very special guest, like I said, Rock Royalty, everybody. Hold on to your seats or stand up and shout. Throw the horns out. Mr. K.K. Downing, former lead guitarist of Judas Priest. Welcome, gentlemen. Hi, Steve. <laughs> so, a pleasure to be on the show. Thank you very much, you guys. My pleasure. Thank, Thank you so much for taking yeah. the time. Yeah. So, yeah. so we're going to start off with a couple questions. I have been reading the book, and I just need to know, why now? Why the book now? Why haven't you did it beforehand? It's a good question. Um, it's quite simply, the clock is ticking, I think. <laughs> um, I think, obviously, when I kind of um, stepped down from the band, you know, some seven to eight years ago, um, you know, I was uh, often asked about doing, you know, would you do a book and stuff like that. I thought, no, no, no. Um, it's still early days. You know, lots could happen. You know, uh, but it's time went on you know um, you know and time is moving on for us uh, for us guys that were around in the you know as far back as the 60s you know the late 60s um, I thought that um, it would probably be now or possibly never so I kind of got stuck in really and um, I thought that uh, I would tell the story uh, for a few reasons wanted to people to get to know me a little bit better maybe um, find out um, what what life was like for me as a kid it was pretty rough and, and hard and, and how I made the transition from that rubbish start in life to uh, getting onto the world's biggest stages and um, and also obviously uh, tell the fans some things they might want to know uh, some fun things and uh, how metal was made and what police got up to um, in our prime and also to finish with the answer a lot of unanswered questions uh, for the fans and uh, and everyone as to um, exactly why I chose to step down at that particular time when I did. Alright. Okay. So when you started Judas Priest did you ever think the band would sell over 50 million albums? Absolutely not. You know um, it was one of those things you know I think it's um, I think everybody goes out and buys a lottery ticket now and again, let's say, but you, you never think you're going to win, do you, really, honestly? Yeah. We think that, you know, it's not me, you know. Um, so um, it was a bit like that, but you do it anyway, you know. So I'm thinking, well, you know, um, nothing may come of this, um, but I'm going to do it anyway, you know. And, uh, and well and behold, when, you know, things... Uh, 
you know, went through the course, got to play with different musicians. You know, before you know it, you start to become pretty halfway decent in what you do. Um, and it's one step at a time, and it was a long, hard grind for Jewish priests. Nothing was ever easy. It did take a lot of time. Right. Okay. So besides guitar and bass, do you play any other instrument? Um, no, I can't uh, do really. I'm familiar, obviously, with the keyboard and, you know, uh, obviously um, knowing the guitar musically really quite well. Um, but I actually started out of life. I went kind of a bit mad because I wanted to play everything. I wanted to play jazz. I wanted to play flamenco. I wanted to play the piano. You know, uh, I wanted to play the violin. You know, I, I wanted to play everything. But I, I thought, you know, I actually had a piano in my house and everything, you know, and I, and I had some lessons and stuff. And I said, I need to stop all of this rubbish and concentrate on, on what might, you know, potentially earn me, um, earn me a living, really, you know, uh, and pave my way through life. Uh, and it was my ultimate passion anyway, the electric guitar. Obviously, I've been a massive fan of people like Hendrix and, you know, and early Clapton and, and stuff like that. Gotcha. Speaking of guitars, and you started off with an acoustic or an electric? Yeah, it was kind of, you know, as most of us did, a bit of a hybrid, really. It was like an acoustic, but with like metal strings on it, you know. Cool. So, um, which wasn't ideal because it was tough, uh, a beginner's guitar, you know. Uh, I wouldn't advocate anybody does it by an electric guitar with uh, steel strings or by, um, well, it's like a classical guitar with nylon strings. It's just going to be easy to try and hold down those bar chords, I think. I understand that totally, and Khan can definitely agree playing guitar himself yeah. as well. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, so do you still yeah. own your first guitar? Guitar? No, no, no. God knows what happened to that. You know, it was ten pounds. It was rubbish, <laughs> and uh, it, it, it took me forever to try and, you know, holding down bar chords. It was, it was hard. You know, it was, you know, I, I didn't have strong fingers or hands. Beginners don't tend to have, you know, obviously build strength as you go. So uh, uh, take my advice, everyone. If you get a rubbish guitar, just detune it down. You know, a tone or a, even a couple of tones if you have to make those strings nice and bendy and pliable so you can uh, get them on the fretboard right on okay so when you got your first royalty check like your big first royalty check what did you buy um let me think about that uh, <laughs> um, I'm not too sure really I think um I bought myself um, I probably went a bit mad and bought a second hand Rolls Royce nice <laughs> that's a good choice yeah because I, I, I was still you know guys I didn't have a, I didn't have a car or a driving license till I was 27 years old I used to ride my bicycle or catch the bus <laughs> you know uh, when I wasn't with the band so it was it was rubbish really right. and um 
And but by the time I was uh, I was 27, yeah. By the time three or four years later, I had enough money to buy uh, a second-hand Rolls Royce, and I thought, yes, I'm having it. <laughs> uh, well deserved. Yeah, all rockers go a bit mad when they first get their pay the first paycheck. Trust me. Right on. Do you still own the car? Uh, no. Oh, okay. You're the second musician I have actually interviewed that, or actually know now that actually bought a secondhand Rolls Royce. First, being Gene Simmons bought his first car. He was a little older, but he bought his first second his secondhand car from Lionel Richie, a Rolls Royce, and now you. So you're in good company. Oh, very cool, very cool. I guess Gene lived in New York, so he probably didn't need to drive right. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, he grab the cab or grab the bus. Yep, or the train. He said he would take all the time. So like the subway and yeah. everything like that. I can remember. I can remember when we played. Um, what was the gig called? We played three nights there. Um, it was like a theater in New York. The Beacon Theater. Uh, no. Uh, uh, Hammerstein Ballroom. I I, no, no, it wasn't that. It was um, an old theater. It was an old theater. We played three nights. In fact, in fact, the guys from Kiss came down, but I can't remember one of the nights. We had to get the bus there because we couldn't get a cab. Wow. <laughs> so we Judas Priest went on the bus to the gig. That's pretty awesome. Wow, did you hear that here first? Judas Priest couldn't hail a cab. See, it's not just discriminating other people. Judas Priest was discriminated too. Wow. So, all right. I'm so bad when I can't get a cab. <laughs> all right. So, I have a fan question. Tony Harnell, original singer of TNT, wants to know Would you like to form a band with him? <laughs> well. <laughs> Uh, to do 
do that, and that's pretty cool. That keeps me pretty busy. Obviously, the book is really keeping me really, really busy at the moment. Um, but I've been doing some recordings along the way, you know, dabbling here and dabbling there. People asking me to do solos and play on a track, so I do some of that. I just re recorded uh, Beyond the Realms with uh, Les Binks because uh, Les asked me to. I did that with uh, Paul Cook, from, uh, who's a great guitar player, really. He plays with uh, Nate Love, lots of people might know. Paul yeah, I mean, he's also a New Jersey native. Yeah, 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 I believe he is, yeah. Yeah, he also uh, played with Anthrax. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, yeah. And he also played with Sebastian Bach. So yeah, he's yeah, he's all over he's all over there yeah, too. Yeah, very good. Yeah, very good player. So um, yeah, so there's been opportunities out there, but um, I think we've got the, um, the winter closing in now in the UK, and uh, I'm just going to disappear into my little studio and see what comes out in spring, I guess, and see what happens next. Awesome. Do you have uh, any any plans to do um, like a book signing tour of some sort? Um, actually, I've been doing stuff in the UK. In fact, last night I was in Nottingham in the UK. Um, if anybody's seen the, 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 the movie, uh, uh, Robin Hood. Was that Kevin Costner or was it? Yeah. I think he was, yeah. Yes. Um, anyway, I was there last night. And it does have a big castle right in the middle of the city and all that stuff. It's a pretty cool place. Um, so um, I was at the book signing there. Uh, last night until late. Um, uh, nothing yet set for the state, so uh, it's kind of still uh, early days, you know. Um, yeah. I'm very pleased to say that um, the book's going really, really, very, very well, so uh, um, we'll, we'll see uh, if it keeps, uh, keeps going. Right on. Speaking, all right, going back a little bit, you mentioned the Rolls Royce. What kind of car do you drive currently? I drive a range. Rover. Okay. Is that your daily driver? Yeah, that's kind of one of the four by four things, you know. But it's very comfortable. It's um, it's pretty cool. It's you know, it's uh, it's getting it's getting a bit older now. But it's um, I've cars. I don't know. One of these guys where cars become a part of me, you know. And, uh, you know, I kind of uh, I'll look after them, so hopefully they look after me. Right on. Do you still own any motorcycles? Uh, no. Huh. Okay. So, all right. Here's another uh, question: If you hear your music on the radio, do you turn it up or do you turn it off? <laughs> That's a good question. Thank you. Um, I, I probably I'll just leave the volume where it is, you know, just uh, let it ride through. But um, uh, just remind me of work a little bit, you know. And um, but yeah, uh, the length of the song goes by fairly quickly, so um, you know. But I won't hang about in the room if it's there. I'll, I'll carry on doing what I'm doing. All right on. Okay. Uh, Steven Statland from Asbury Park, New Jersey. He's also a very brilliant hairstylist and owns a hair salon here in uh, near the Jersey Shore. Wanted me to ask you a question. He wanted to know what was the writing process with the band since you're across the pond, as they say, and most of the guys over here for, especially when like Ripper was in the band 
what was like the writing process? Did you guys all get together and, and just say, all right, we're going to lock yourself in the studio for a month and just write and then record? Or how did you do it? No, religiously, we always kept the formula more or less the same. When we went into writing mode, I would just, I would put as many ideas down myself. Right. And we'd do the same, musical ideas, predominantly. Some total ideas, drum parts and stuff like that. So, and uh, and Rob would sit at home and think of some lyrical ideas and song titles and stuff. And uh, and you know we'd, we'd call each other and when we thought that we had a fair bit of stuff, you know we would just get together, you know, and that could be you know every day for a week or every day even for a month or whatever we took to start piecing material together. Um, and maybe we do some song, um, piece them together, not finished, but, you know, and then maybe have another break, write some more parts if we needed to, or just keep going with the parts that we had. So it was kind of, um, which is kind of um, ad hoc, suck it and see type of approach, really, you know. Uh, it, it always worked for us. All right. So, and he had another question. He wanted to know why golf and not a Harley shop or a strip club you invested in? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I mean, I can safely say that um, the... Um, it was always two out of the three going on. <laughs> um, but um, it's just something that we fell into and started to enjoy when we were on tour out there on the road. And, you know, the story goes, obviously, we had our, our, our mates, our friends, Def Leppard, out there on tour with us in the States. And, and they said, you know, challenges to a game of golf, you know, the following day. And... Uh, that's exactly what we did. We went out there and we found that we enjoyed it. Those guys kicked our butts, mind you. Right. Um, but, you know, we would do golf and tennis, you know, um, and just found out that we enjoyed it and we got to see more of the country and meet a lot more people, you know, outside the business doing that. Have you, uh, have you ever played with Alice Cooper? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the first time was in the uh, late seventies. Sometime we did a few shows with Alice when he had uh, was playing some big shows, and um, we, were, you know, uh, periodically we'd get the odd gig with Alice, and then later on um, we went out. I think the Operation Rock and Roll tour. There was us, Alice Cooper, Motorhead, and a couple of new bands. Um, that was a tour that went out about uh, 1990 I believe um, so that was uh, a lot of fun obviously uh, I didn't I never played golf with with Alice but I know that um, Glenn, Glenn did on that tour so that was an opportunity but we always knew that he was uh, uh, a, a, you know a shit on golfer basically he was playing off four or something like that and even then we heard he was a bit of a bandit so um, <laughs> Alice he's got a but he's a proper golfer. Yeah, he's quite the golfer. I was just about to ask you, what's your handicap? Well, I often say short legs. <laughs> Especially when I'm walking around there, you know, it's a long way around. But, um, 
on, on tour. I think we, we played the Gardens, the Meadowlands, and Nassau Thomas Coliseum at our home. That was fantastic to do. You know, obviously the Live Aid in Philly, uh, the US Festival in San Bernardino. You know, we did uh, a lot of shows. Uh, but it was all good, you know, all good to be fair. And it was always good for, you know, back in the day, we, we always kind of liked to take the music to the people, you know, so that to their hometown. So we would do a tour of all the major cities, they call it, you know, and then we would do uh, the secondary towns called the secondary markets, you know, and going mm-hmm. to theatres and stuff. Um, and that was great to do because a lot of people didn't have the money or the ability to be able to travel, you know, get planes and trains and hotels yeah. and stuff like that. So it was always good for us to take the music to the people, but I think a lot of that seems to have changed, you know, in recent years. Yeah. I think we did one tour. I think we did 134 or 138 shows in North America alone. Well, that's kind of a six-month period. We had a break in between. That's how we did all. We went round the states once and did all the majors, and then we went into the so-called secondary markets, and we would play Little Rock, Arkansas, Auburn, Oxy, Mississippi, you know, um, and, um, uh, and and the smaller towns, you know, yeah, wow. Boise, Idaho, and you know, um, you know, smaller towns. Yeah. Uh, speaking of changes, uh, are there any uh, prolific changes that you've seen in the music industry since you started with back in the 60s? Prolific changes since I first started. Um, Good question, by the way. Yeah, I think, I think so. I think each, each, each decade, I think we, if we take it by decades, obviously we had the 60s. We had the kickstarting of it all. The pop music as well started, you know, the, the Beatles, we already had Elvis, but, you know, lots of pop bands were coming to the forefront. But it also started, you know, in the UK, for, you know, the blues music was a great, had a great presence. Uh, and lots of progressive blues bands came along, including the Cream, obviously John Mayle, Free, Taste, you know, uh, the original Skid Row. Uh, you know, tons of bands. Um, you know, um, and by the time we got into the seventies, you know, we got um, we were starting to get Black Sabbath, and Led Zeppelin. Obviously, Priest were there. We were doing our own thing in the background, and um, you know, and um, and a lot of good things started to happen in the seventies. Obviously, we've got Scorpions, UFO. You know, we, we've got. Some, some good bands but by the time we started to get to the end of the 70s and the 80s um, it really did start to pick up and it was a time when uh, the, the UK started to amalgamate more with, with the US and started to be more of a comparable uh, between you know the bands and what the bands are doing obviously we had the Van Halen's the Dockins obviously you know we had Iron Maiden coming on board Saxon you know and, and and it was more of uh, it, by the time the eighties came in the mid eighties it was just it was just a 
frenzy of like, you know, it was great. It was great for the fans because there's so many great bands, you know, every week a new star band um, and star guitar players coming to fruition. You know, the list is, was endless and endless and endless. And then, of course, when we started to get to the end of the 80s, into the early 90s it started to change you know music started to change but more bands like Player Megadeth you know uh, Pantera you know were coming to the forefront and and and, and, and our metal was seemingly getting heavier and then the evolution went on to death metal speed metal thrash metal and god knows how many metals and uh, <laughs> and that seemed to seemed to put seemed to put the, put the brakes on on a basically uh, traditional um, rock and metal that we knew and loved yeah. Speaking of all the genres of music, do you consider Judas Priest metal or hard rock? Metal. Excellent answer. That's what I thought. There we go. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Because it was always the aspiration to create something that was pretty unique. Um, you know, musically, uh, little did I know that something even more image and... Um, you know, and creating the look that spread to the fans as well. You know, so it was just leather studs, denim and leather. And it just became obviously synonymous with, with all of us that love, you know, the music that we're, um, you know, that we carried with us through our life. Awesome. So, out of all your guitars, how many do you own? Not too many, and I, I can tell you why. Okay. Uh, because um, a lot of guitars, a lot, this is the same for a lot of bands. I mean, I've probably got, I don't know, 35, about about maybe a few more, okay. which isn't a vast number for such a vast career because lots of guitars go to charities, for example. Right. You know, over the years, lots of, lots of guitars went to uh, charities. Uh, quite a few guitars I actually personally gave away to various people, sometimes because they asked me for one, sometimes because I felt I should give them one. You know, like at the end of a tour, for example, as a gift, I would give one my, my guitar tech a guitar, you know, for looking after the guitars so well for such a long time and, uh, you know, and making sure they didn't get broken or stolen and stuff. Uh, so I would do that and, and a lot of times a lot of stuff went into when things like hard rock cafes first you know managers would say have you got a guitar and the guys want one in Universal City or Tokyo or somewhere you know so but, so we did that for a while and then we thought hmm it's not, it's not such a good idea you know <laughs> and need to stop doing that you know um, and so eventually um, but you know you can only, um, you know, uh, it is a case of uh, most of the guitars I've got, uh, uh, the treasures that I've brought with me from the early days. But obviously, you get to a certain point.
like and you don't have to pay for guitars you can kind of just order them up you know um, and I've got to say to everybody and I'm just I know for a fact you're going to be jealous and envious of that but it just became the way that it was you know and those guitars that we do get made didn't really didn't really have a, a meaningful you know um you know, it weren't that you know, precious to us. Uh, they became tools of the trade. Right. Do you have names for them? No. Okay. No, absolutely not. No. It will just be like a 65 Strat or a 1970V medallion V. You know, just so I can recognize what's in the case, basically. Gotcha. What is your oldest yeah. guitar do you own? The oldest is a uh, 60. Now, uh, I, I have owned older guitars. Right. But my oldest guitar now will be a 65 Strat, I think. Wow. And do you still play it? Yeah. Uh, I haven't played it for quite a while. Um, but that was a strat I played quite a lot on tour, you know. Right. Um, um, and there's videos, quite a lot of it. It's like a sunburst strat because I didn't have many guitars. Right. You know, when I had that guitar. Um, uh, and I think I was on tour with Kiss in 78. Right, for the Dynasty tour. Someone bought, someone bought that guitar to a show. Huh. And I think I was actually playing pool in the hotel with, um, with Ace. And I don't know if Peter was there, Peter Chris was there, or a couple of guys from from the band anyway. And the guy bought that guitar, I'm sure it was on that night, and he said, I want you to have this guitar. And I says, I'm not, I'm not having it, I'm, not, I'm just not having it. He says, I really want you to have it, you know, I want you to play, play this guitar. And, and, and I thought, well, it, it looks great, but I'm... You know, um, now I'm kind of a bit more of a V player, um, but obviously I had always played Strat anyway, so uh, I said, look, I'll take it, but I'm going to give you some money for it. And uh, I think I'm, you know, I probably gave him about $500 for it back then. I'm not, I'm not sure, but I, I wanted to pay for it. I was going to have it, you know, and that's what I did. And I hadn't got a clue, you know, I thought the guitar was probably a few years old to be fair awesome and that was in the late 70s um, and it, I didn't find out she was a 65 until actually Weasel uh, uh, Greg whose uh, nickname is Weasel is uh, Glenn's guitar tech right you know very knowledgeable guy he was at my house one day and I don't know what he was doing but he actually took it apart and he noticed that it was all stamped up 1965 wow and I had no idea Hmm. So I was quite thrilled about that. That was kind of good. Absolutely. So I guess in my in my mind, I thought it was about a 1975 or something like that, you know. But I never really gave it too much thought. But I did used to throw that guitar around, you know, for quite some years, you know. Right. Um, you'll see me with it on uh, on film on YouTube. Right. All right. Uh, speaking of guitars, do you play every day still? Um, 
maybe not every day. It depends if I have to go out on business, do things like I did yesterday. I was out all day yesterday, but I've got um, I've got a V in my office with a little Marshall lamp. I'm looking at them now, and the V is uh, the Hamer V that I played. This guitar is probably, I don't know, um, there's videos with me on YouTube playing songs like, um, I think I think I played this, I had this guitar for the, um, for the um, Angel of Retribution tour. Awesome. So that's, um, that's the guitar, uh, pictures of me on YouTube playing those songs, um, Judas Rising and stuff like that. Nice. Well, everybody mentions the movie Rockstar featuring Mark Wahlberg and Jennifer Aniston being loosely based on the departure of Rob and bringing on Ripper. What is your take on it? Yeah, well, in the early days, they really wanted us to uh, be involved with that. I mean, it, it was a great story, you know, Ripper's story, um, obviously, and uh, Ripper's an incredible vocalist and, and, a, and a fantastic guy. I'm sure you probably come, you know, uh, hopefully you've had a chance to meet him and you'll know what I'm saying. He's absolutely true blue. And, uh, and so, yeah, they get to make a movie about him. They wanted us involved, but we were never sure because, obviously, I think that it's difficult to act to be you know rock musicians I think it's difficult to do that right. you know but I, I don't, I'm not sure if I saw all the movie I saw some of it but maybe I'll have to go back and check it out again because it has been quite a while you know to see how those guys did but we were always a bit concerned that you know it might turn out a bit cheesy or a bit you know that's a that's an American word of course it's cheesy right yeah you know what I mean? absolutely kind of uh, you know our, our drummer Scott used to use that word all the time sometimes <laughs> <laughs> nice. we play we play a riff to a couple of riffs and man that's a bit cheesy no no it's not it's like you know but um, so um, <laughs> so uh, so so yeah we were a bit way there so we stepped back from it really you know and let them uh, get on with it. Awesome. All right. A couple more questions because I know you probably have a couple more interviews to do. Uh -huh. So, uh, if you had a musician to get to play with that's either dead or alive, who would it be with and why? Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> I, would, I would definitely have to say Hendrix without a doubt. Who wouldn't want to be on stage with him? Right. I mean, just for fun, it's like, can I just say this now? I actually was on a tennis court once back in the day with two professional tennis players. One was uh, Vitas Gerolaitis, the Argentinian guy who lived in New York, Vitas Gerolaitis. Right. Uh, you're probably too young to remember him, but he was a, a top 10 tennis player. But his best friend was John McEnroe, you know, um, and uh, both guitar players. But anyway, so... Uh, uh, they they invited us out to uh, to uh, to Flushing Meadows to play, you know, have a knock up with them at John's uh, practice session. Um, so there we were, you know. I mean, it's like, you know, I was on a tennis court. 
court, you know, with John McEnroe and these guys like us. But I was, I was playing tennis, but I wasn't really playing tennis. If you know what I mean? Absolutely. It would be a, a bit like that with the, the great Hen- Hendrix. But um, I would love to have. Um, but in all seriousness, you know, I mean, obviously now, you know, I would be able. I feel I would be able to step step up uh, a bit better to the mark than I do with John McEnroe playing tennis. <laughs> Uh, facing the McEnroe serve at 9 o'clock in the morning is no fun after you've had a concert the night before at Madison Square Garden wow. um, so no that would be great just to uh, just hang out and just uh, jam a bit you know uh, that would be great I know you mentioned in your book you, you mentioned in your book that you got the chance to see Hendrix a couple times in concert yeah. which Definitely. is yeah. incredible in itself it was great it was great to be able later on to play but even the venues that uh, Hendrix would play and stand there stage right you know places like Coventry Theatre and the Royal Albert Hall and and different venues um, sure Jimmy played the gardens or whatever you know it was always fun yeah. standing on those stages wondering you know there's some so many famous feet have been stood here you know stage right at this gig and um, you know and what an honour that was for me, you know. Uh, yeah. Go ahead, Tom. Did you have a? Oh yes. Um, is there? What, what's on your playlist uh, lately? Any uh, newer band you've been listening to? No, I'd like to please send me some newer bands I can check out, and if there's anything that's I'm fine. Do you have anything? I've got a pen and paper. I can write them down. There's your band, Carl. What are they called? You can check out my band. It's uh, Deadly Night. Oh, uh, with an N. Selfish promotion. There we go. <laughs> uh, we actually just uh, we just played a show not just spare. Uh, several months now. We played with Exodus. Um, oh, cool. And, yeah. Uh, we we covered uh, between the hammer and the handle. Um, oh, cool. Very cool. Yeah. Okay, I'll check that out. Um, for my own part, no, I'm looking for some new stuff to do. Uh, in fact, I'm going to get a very good friend who's a journalist in the UK. He has sent me some um, uh, new bands to check out, um, so I need to take uh, take some time out and check those out and get back to him, really. Uh, but he also said, check out the new Dotto album, check out the new Saxon album, um, which, which I have done. Um, but at the moment, I'm, I'm actually listening to... Uh, to uh, Dokken, who have uh, just got back together, played some live oh, yeah. in Japan. Uh, that's super cool. If anybody wants to check those out, um, I've got to say that that's, um, you know, nice to go back for somebody like me, you know, uh, yeah. listen to some good, good guitar playing, good singing, uh, good songs. Um, so that's very cool. So you see, lots of bands break up, they get back together, lots of musicians leave, they get back together. It's all part of the course. It's all it's all a good game, as they say. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, a very important question: If you get asked back, would you go back to Judas Priest? Well, I would have to. It depends. 
was on, you know, the circumstances of me being asked back. As I said before, if the guys had said, look, you know, okay, okay, uh, Glenn's not well, Adler, right. he's not able to do the tour, not able to do the tour, we really want you to step back in because, you know, we want to, we want to, we want to, add some fortification and uh, go out there with the priest and uh, give the fans the, uh, uh, as, as much as priests as we can possibly give them, you know, so we'd like you to step back in and uh, there'll be a level playing field, total democracy, everybody's got an equal say, we'll go out there, have some fun. Um, then I would have had to have very, you know, uh, it would have been difficult to say no, really. It would have been hard to say no because, you know, I would have had, you know, confidence and, uh, you know, I'd be stepping up there with a new guitar partner, but there's no doubt if Richie would just uh, move over, I'd take my place back and he does uh, take Glenn's class. I think we would have been a pretty good duo, to be fair, you know, but, uh, but the situation's got a little bit undesirable, you know, things said, even Richie's made comment, you know, I'm thinking, oh, well, you know, I don't think that's appropriate, but, but, um, but uh, bands are always falling out and then like you say next thing you know they're kissing and hugging oh it's great to have you back in band <laughs> you know, so that, that, some of that must have been in spinal tap surely or not or did I miss that part I, I don't know but anyway it happened okay so where in the United States makes the best fish and chips um So now it's time to. Pl- I, 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 I do- I'm hungry now. So I'm talking about American restaurants. You know, uh, you, know uh, you guys are sport for choice. You have so many great variety of great food in so many different restaurants. You know, um, um, yeah, I'm thinking about it now. Right on. So when you come to the states, Con and I will take your food, fish and chips or some bangers and mash. So. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Now it's time for you to plug away. 
how could people find you besides this amazing book that you just came out with? So let's give the website. Yeah. Website, everything, social media, everything. Yeah. Amazon, whatever. Obviously my website, my website, kkdowning.net and, um, and, um, Barnes and Noble. Yes, yes, yes. So those guys are stuck in the book, which is great. Obviously, as I said, Amazon and whatever. <laughs> and, um, people can pick up a signed version as, as well. Um, you know, um, and, and that's, um, that's a very feasible and, uh, possible to do. But if you go onto, uh, onto the net, the net, if you possibly can and just put, just put in there, KK Downing book, you know, um, yeah, so there is a personally signed version from me, um, from Premier Collectibles. So if you want to Google that, Premier Collectibles, that's pretty good. So, um, awesome. So, yeah. All right, well, KK, I, I can't thank you enough. I know because it's a little late over there. I uh, just want to tell everybody, check out KK's book. It's called Heavy Duty, Days, Nights, and Judas Priest. It's out now. And if you guys and girls and everything in between want a really, really great read, uh, I have not put it down. Just want to say thank you for all the music that you have done all these years and we can't wait to see what's next for you besides this amazing book uh hopefully maybe a yeah. bottle of wine or something and also you got to look us up when you come back over here to visit we would love to get together oh will you, oh, will you guys i'll get uh, good uh, the good lady lisa from our office uh, to hook me up with you guys when i come to town and uh, hopefully there'll be a show of some sort you can come to um but a big thanks to you uh youtube metal merchants Stephen khan you've been um very gracious and thank you for uh, the questions and uh, just a big uh, thank you to all of the listeners the fans and um, say you know thank you so much for uh, being on the journey with me and, and with us Jesus Priest and uh, like I say um, you know total respect to my bandmates all of them and uh, and what they do and um, and uh, and you know present I hope there will always be a Jewish Priest in one form or another and hope to see you guys at some point in the future Absolutely. take care and, uh, and keep up the metal fight thank you again KK I very much appreciate it uh, okay yes okay thank you guys thank you very much yeah, it's been a pleasure thank you All right. cheers bye, bye guys bye. take care bye bye Psycho Steve presents <laughs> Psycho Steve on Hair Today on Tomorrow every Wednesday on iTunes and SoundCloud. The interview sessions are also on YouTube. Get your merch at Zazzle.com backslash Psycho Steve presents Hair Today on Tomorrow. Follow Psycho Steve on all social media platforms. Facebook at Psycho Steve Rocks. Instagram at the underscore real underscore psycho underscore Steve. Twitter at Real Psycho Steve. For requests or dedications or if you're in a band and want us to play your music or be interviewed or for advertising inquiries, email us at 
Psycho Steve Presents at gmail.com. Psycho Steve Presents Hair Today Gone Tomorrow is brought to you by Pearlswag Enterprises LLC. Please join Psycho Steve every Wednesday and Friday here on 